Hello, welcome to Injury Prevention Podcasts. My name is Rod McClure. I am editor of the BMJ journal Injury Prevention. Each month I chat with a distinguished researcher or practitioner and together with the help of three journal articles of our guests choosing, we explore the narrative of their injury prevention careers. My guest today is Professor Raki Dandona. Dr. Dandona is a Professor of Public Health at the Public Health Foundation of India, Gurugram, and Clinical Professor of Health Metrics Sciences at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, University of Washington. Dr. Dandona has expertise in large-scale epidemiological studies and is focused on diseases for which quality data is not readily available in India. Over the last 20 years, she has been a lead investigator on a variety of epidemiological studies, including multi-country collaborations on injuries, HIV-AIDS, maternal and child health, blindness, and mortality estimation. Injury research is of particular interest, and her work covers road injury, suicide, drowning, and falls. In the last few years, Dr. Dandona's work has increasingly been with a variety of secondary data to identify gaps in indicators that form the basis of our health information systems. A variety of national surveys and administrative data are of interest, with particular focus on quality and use of these data. Hello, Raki. How are you? Hello, Rod. At the moment, I understand you're currently affiliated with the Public Health Foundation of India in Gurugram, but you're also with the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, Seattle. So how do you manage to juggle the uh, jobs across the globe like this? I have found an easy way out. I don't juggle as much. I don't juggle myself. I juggle my work. I get my students, masters and PhD students over here in India to work with me. And, and with internet and you know, everything being so readily connectable, I actually don't travel as much. Okay, so with the work that you are doing, could you give us a little bit of, bit of a picture about the territory that you cover in the, in the topic areas and who you work with? And you mentioned students, so you're obviously with the university. That is correct, so University of Washington. And I was also at University of um, Sydney earlier, the School of Public Health. So I have students from uh, those universities who are interested in doing research, a master's research or PhD research in developing country setting. And this is primarily physically located with the Public Health Foundation of India. That is correct. So your topic area of interest at the moment is um, in relation to injury prevention. Um, have you always worked in injury prevention? No, injury prevention was, if I were to use the term, an accident in my life. Uh That was the last time I would use that term accident with this context. Uh, I was actually trained as an eye specialist many years ago. And I went on to do a PhD in public health at the University of Melbourne. Because my interest was basically understanding epidemiology of blindness and visual impairment. This was in 1990s. I got involved with a very large scale epidemiology study of uh, blindness and visual impairment in India, which took me to a variety of places. And I met a variety of people from rural uh, parts of that, uh, that state, from urban parts of that state. 
And I realized that blindness is important to people only when they actually turn blind. Uh, there were a lot of other things that people were struggling with, for example, just putting food on the table that night. So blindness was really not on their agenda. That's when I actually started thinking about broadening my perspective from blindness to broader issues, which were not well-defined at that time. Uh, but it got defined more as HIV AIDS over the, last, over the next few years. But what had also happened that my brother met with a road uh, uh, crash, and also he had a near uh, uh, drowning experience. And those two events have stayed with me for a while, and I couldn't do anything about it. And at that time, I had no idea that you could actually prevent, uh, you know, these kind of injuries. But those two episodes have always stayed with me. In 2001, I happened to read about Hayden's metrics, mm-hmm. and I was living in India. Internet access wasn't that great. Access to publications was even worse. But I managed to figure out enough to understand that injuries can be prevented. Once I started to read more about it, I then got to know about the injury prevention course that Karolinska Institute was offering. And I decided to go ahead and register myself for that course to understand how injury prevention is different from the other diseases that we talk about. And I had no money to pay for that course. I owe my career and injuries to David Sleet, who was at CDC. I wrote to him asking if I could get a scholarship to get to Karolinska. Uh, He first said yes. And then after a few weeks, he said no. He had some money, but he just couldn't find uh, how he could send that money to me. And the conversation was over. And so I thought my injury career was over before it started. But one night I was sitting after dinner and I had this email from uh, David. Do you have the money? Are you going? And I said, I want to go, but I have no money. Tell me, how do I transfer it? I have these many dollars available for you if you can still use it. That is how I got to Karolinska. Do you remember your takeaway impressions from that uh, course? Oh, yes. I had gone with injury prevention in my mind, and I came back with concept of safety promotion. So what did you do with that uh, new inspiration? I spent almost two years, 2003 and 2004, just standing on the road in Hyderabad, south of India, uh, observing what happens with the traffic, what happens with different types of road users, And then, fortunately, the World Report on Road Traffic Injury Prevention was published in 2004. And then I was ready to undertake a population-based study to estimate road traffic um, injury burden in Hyderabad. And I was fortunate to get a grant from Welcome Trust to do that study, which then happened in 2005 and 2006. Okay. So tell us about the study. This was, again, because I come from epidemiology background, this was a study to understand the burden of road traffic injuries, both fatal and non-fatal. In 5 to 49 years age group, um, the burden was high, um, as higher than what we had expected, but the learnings from the, uh, that study were more about if you use the right methods, 
uh, the road traffic injury fatal estimates could actually be very different than what we what we know them as. Uh, for example, here, for most of the studies that I was aware of from developing country settings, I've collected data uh, based on proxy uh, for non-fatal injuries. Here, we collected data directly from each respondent, uh, adults. And the best part was this was a study that we designed, which wasn't part of bigger injury studies. So whatever was published from developing country setting was more about injury surveys where road traffic injury was part of the broader injury group. This was simply a road traffic injury uh, study per se, which I brought in a bit because of that we could use methods that were better, brought in more nuance to the estimates, they were more reliable, but also it brought about an understanding for us as to what people understand as road traffic injuries. We know what researchers mean, but we also understood what people considered as road traffic injuries. So you managed to contribute both better quality data, but you also managed to explore nuances around the nature or the methodologies that one applies. But you've also brought in there something that really I find interesting, and that's the way injury research is perceived and the way injury events are perceived by the public. Do you see how your local data uh, made a contribution or was able to make a contribution to the local community in which that data was derived? Is this a, a piece of science which is, can be applied in public health? Yes. The traffic police, because road traffic injuries fall under the traffic police um, within the system, got very interested in, in the research that we had done and also interested in, in how the community perceived road traffic injuries um, at that time, which then led us to do research with the traffic police department. Uh, unfortunately, we were not able to do evaluation of what we did, uh, which I think now as a public health um, a person, I completely see as a lost opportunity. I actually do not know how much difference it actually made uh, to changing uh, road traffic injury in the city. Okay, so let's move on to the third paper that you've identified as one that you felt to be a uh, signal paper that uh, describes some research of your, your real interest and captures the way your career has progressed. And that's a paper on suicide surveillance in India, published in the International Journal of Epidemiology. 2000 onwards, uh, suicides in India, farmer suicides specifically in India, have been a very hot political issue. The farmer suicides are talked about a lot by Indian media especially around the time of elections. Farmer suicides have always been one of those um, issues where politicians uh, have always you know, blamed everybody else. And however, we had no idea how reliable these reports in the media were, and we had no idea where these numbers were coming from. At that time, I had a master's student from the University of Washington, who was also interested in understanding um, suicides better. That is when we got into the administrative data to understand what do we know within the government system about suicides. 
what was very interesting about the analysis that we did and we looked at trends for 10 years from 2001 to 2010 that farmer suicides are not that big a problem the problem is actually suicides among housewives and this is something that no one talks about but it also highlighted to us what we've always known for road traffic injuries that no one really looks at the data within the developing country setting, it goes based on what you think, what you assume, what you see, and what you read. So this was really interesting feature, and I wasn't expecting this, you know, understanding that housewives would be the largest proportion of the deaths that we, uh, you know, looked at were suicides. So this was a big um, unlearning, so to speak, for us because Suicides were being talked about for farmers and, and males in general. This experience with administrative data for suicides for us then started this whole concept within, within the team here with me of understanding the reliability of the administrative data for a variety and what do we actually know, uh, which is different from what we think we know. It seems to me to highlight uh, probably the major learning that has come through the, this conversation and that's the relationship between information or data knowledge and public good that you're trying to achieve on the basis of it getting better quality data getting a good evidence level of evidence for intervention seems to be part of your an ongoing theme throughout your career and the and the opportunity that you've got to make a contribution in lower middle income countries to a problem which perhaps in the literature has been published most widely in high income countries means that you're really on the edge of perhaps a, a marvelous opportunity to make a huge difference in the health of the people around you I, I hope so, Rod, but injury prevention is very interesting in that sense, given that to actually translate the research that we do uh, within the developing setting, uh, translation is not that easy because policymakers still do not see injuries to be, to be a health issue and not yet fully integrated within the health system. For example, in India, as of today also, road traffic injuries are part of Ministry of Road, Transport and Highways, and, not, and these are not under Ministry of Health. Mm. You know, you have enough research for translation, but the health implications of it are on the health system, but it's still not seen as, as a health issue. Um, you still don't hear people talk about injuries as you hear people talk about ill health. Um, so right. that needs a lot more work, uh, you know, if we were actually able to make more difference than what, what we're able to do now. So while data is important, there's also something extra that you're feeling you need as well, and that's some sort of influence or, be, or persuasive component to put this on the agenda. Yes, it's slowly getting on the agenda, but it's, it's always an add-on. Right. Uh, it's health and injuries. It's never, it's not, injuries are never part of health per se. But that's also lot to do with community perception. You know, policymakers are part of the same community. It's the same with, with community. Because road traffic injuries are seen as part of traffic problem. They're mm. not seen as part of, you know, health issue. 
Um, so there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in understanding, you know, what people think of injuries, what people think of, uh, you know, safety. And that brings me back to, you know, understanding safety promotion. Now, you know, injury prevention is simply, you know, reducing rates. But I think we need to move to safety promotion so that safety is kind of part of, you know, everyday living. Well, that's a, a really nice summary. I think we might close on that. But to, to push the notion that data in context is important, that uh, we're not talking about injuries so much as we're talking about communities and context and safety promotion. And that's something which really uh, opened your eyes at the beginning of your career and is something you're still pursuing now as you're moving towards and, and are sitting in the senior echelons of, of, of experience. I didn't mention earlier, but uh, I think it is worth mentioning here that uh, Professor Denona is a member of the Senior Editorial Committee for Injury Prevention. And uh, if you would like to pursue this concept of injury prevention further and explore some of the work that uh, Raki has, has written and her colleagues have written with her, then I'll refer to you to the Injury Prevention website at injuryprevention.bmj.com. <laughs>